Hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome to another episode of Calm Before the Score. I am your host, Matt Andrews, along with my co-hosts, Brian Highland, Corey Furco. Fellas, how you doing? How's it going? Good to see you. Howdy ho, Matt. It's, uh, it's, it's good to see you, too. Um, I didn't know if the podcast was ending, because I think this is the first time we've done it in about a month and a half. Well, we it took two like... weeks. We took two weeks. We took two weeks off before football season. Get our minds right. Get uh, Renew our energy. We're back. We're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I've been gone for what feels like four months, but <laughs> I'm been, glad to be back busy. and talk some fantasy. Not too many people have a kid and then go on vacation for four straight weeks. Eh, th- three. So, okay. I'm sorry. Maybe more people should. Maybe more people Plus should. Plus of being I'm, a teacher and being married to a teacher. Yeah, you got a busy season coming up. Yeah, but the summer was nice. Are you back at school? We started Monday. So we started Monday and it's PD, professional development, but the kids won't start till not this week, not the next week, the following week. Jesus. You got like so we, four weeks of just being in the building got, by yourself? We got two weeks for professional development, yeah. It's rough. That's wild. Why are they bring you back so early? How many days do you need? Professional development. Uh, so this week's episode we're diving into fantasy football um it's that time of year drafts are happening um i know you guys just had a draft this past weekend uh it got a little interesting from what i from what i understand um i think maybe the biggest rule in fantasy football was broken in your draft and that was a quarterback was taken one overall um, do you guys want to elaborate on how that happened? And yeah, so Larry, Larry got first pick and took a quarterback first overall. Right. That's as I, much just, as I understand. I don't get. I mean, was, was there it, any reasoning as to why? So you look at the way Larry's team shook out. He went with a youth movement. You could call it. He snagged Josh Allen, who I guess he's expecting to replicate last year, which he could. Um, if he does, then it's not a too bad a pick considering he's the best scorer in fantasy. But I think he saw value. Right. He got Najee Harris at two in second round, last pick in the second, and Antonio Gibson in round three, first pick in three. So if he believes in those guys, maybe he's thinking, look, snag those two guys, pair them with Allen. But here's the kicker. And, Brian, you can attest to this too, is it changed to a three-receiver league. So you start a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex with a defense and kicker. So that's where I think he misjudged a little bit in his receiving core. Is very, very, very young with potential, but it was a shocker for sure. I don't think anybody in that whole restaurant, because we did it at Chicken and Pete's, great place to do it, by the way, um, really understood what the hell just happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I was very confused when it when it had happened. Um, I think his rationale behind it was, um, you know, kind of the consensus top picks, um, Saquon and McCaffrey were obviously injured last year and really underperformed because he kind of made the comments like, oh, you know, um, 
Barkley and McCaffrey owners, like, you know, hit me up in the middle of the season when, when your guys are out. So I think that's kind of was his thinking, you know, all right, I'll go with a guy who is going to play 17 games and um, is going to be, you know, a top five scorer in fantasy. Um, but, you know, if McCaffrey or Barkley or really any running back, you know, one of those top running backs has even, you know, a top five running back season, then it was the wrong pick. And I, right. something that I'd never seen before, um, something that I was honestly surprised by. I thought it was a mistake uh, when I saw him put it on the board, but each his own. Uh, he, he just he loves does. quarterbacks, maybe. Maybe just big Josh Allen guy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, too, because I'm one of the bigger Josh Allen guys you're going to find outside of Buffalo. Um, he also one of the bigger my, Herbert guys too. I am. Um, Josh Allen literally won me my dynasty fantasy championship last year. For anybody that's listening, dynasty is exactly what it sounds like. You carry over the whole team. You have a salary cap, draft picks. Um, you can cut players, sign players, trade, and so on. And Josh Allen carried me to that championship. Um, so I'm a little in debt to him. But at the same time, like, to me, I just never valued quarterbacks enough to reach there. So the rest of the first round went as follows. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and then I took Saquon at five. So I got him at five. Alvin Kamara, and that was you, right, Brian? Yep. And then Zeke Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Now, another one that I want to bring up quick before – our own personal mock starts that we're doing on ESPN um, live with you guys is the first pick in the second round is another one that I think the Josh Allen kind of a little reach. Yeah. Rolled downhill second into pick in, second pick in the second round was first pick in the second round was Pat Mahomes. Now love Mahomes. Obviously he's going to be up there, but in a three receiver league with a flex, I think people might've seen, Josh Allen go panicked, grab their quarterback. Now, my theory is you don't draft a quarterback before round five. Um, I just think there's too many. Like, Brian got Tannehill late. I think it was a steal. Um, I did take Kyler, I believe, in round five, which at the time wasn't overly excited of the round I took my quarterback, but I just thought he has very high potential, and I already had two backs, a tight end, and a receiver. So, So getting to the draft that we're doing – this is what we're doing. We're doing an eight-man uh, PPR fantasy draft. Well, Corey's got the first pick. I've got the last pick. And, Brian, you've got picked four or five? I have five. And basically we're going to discuss who we would take, why we would take them, who maybe we would stay away from this. And then at the end we'll recap, you know, why we like our team, why we don't like our team, what we wish we did different. And then hopefully that will be some good information for when now, you guys play your league this year. I will say, after having already done a draft with Brian, um, it's easier to talk a little bit because we don't got money on the line anymore. Um, But, like, there's some guys on ESPN that you could just tell ESPN doesn't value. Like, to me, um, well, we'll talk about it more, but I got first pick, going to kick it off, do what Larry couldn't do and take CMC. Is that – do you have the first pick this year? That's 100% your move? Well, again, and Brian – and you and I were talking about this before the show is 
I'm I love CMC as a player. I'm not in love with him as a fantasy player, only due to I'm interested to see how he handles the workload with the injuries or the being focal point and everything else. Right. I think Allen's clearly there, but right. he just I, it, uh, it just scares me. I, I also yeah, think it's Alvin important Marlin to note two, that Dalvin Cook went three. CMC is is the consensus top pick, and you know I think he's the you know best pick in a PPR league. I would say right. in a like non PPR league or um, standard, standard, then you'd go. I'd I'd probably lean Dalvin Cook or um, Henry. 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 The one thing that is important to note with Henry is that um, I think you're on the clock, like, right? Yeah, uh, I think he's going for his third straight um, rushing title, which is very tough to do as a running back. Um, it does not happen very often because of the way that running backs are basically run to the ground. But anyways, I'm on the clock. Five, take one on the board. PPR. I'll take Saquon. I thought about going a different direction, but... I figured it's it, it's tough to pass up a name like that, isn't it? It is, and then it is, and there it, were two. It, it, it's tough because, um, like in our league, Corey, um, the one that we just drafted, I was I'm normally in PPR. I normally go running back, or I normally go wide receivers heavy in early yeah. rounds. Same. But the way that the board fell with Josh Allen going one and Kamara falling into my lap at five in PPR, I was like, oh my at gosh. Six. Six. It was just too good to pass up. And normally, yeah. I, I would not go running back, and then I went running back in round two again because. Um, well, I and think, I think too, like what you're alluding to is Saquon fell to me at five, and I was like, um, we talked, and you told me you were going to take him, but if I didn't pick right before you, and it's like the risk far outweighs, like, or the benefit far outweighs the risk there. Like, he could be a potential thousand thousand guy. Um, yeah, but Matt, you want to say your picks and so I went, moving. yeah, I went eight. So I went eight, nine. So last pick of the first round, first pick of the second round. And I, I have all, I feel always PPR or not. I try to go without reaching. I try to go running back, running back as often as possible. Cause I feel like if you, there's not a ton of good ones where you can get good receivers like forever. It feels like. So I try to go running back, running back when I can. So I went DQ Elliott, Jonathan Taylor. I feel like those are both guys that are going to be pretty much three down guys. Um, you know, obviously they're not going to get every snap, but nobody does, you know, in the NFL these days. But I feel pretty good at eight, nine, getting going with those two guys. Yeah, so I agree. I am a huge Stefan Diggs fan, so I took Stefan Diggs to pair with Christian McCaffrey. Um now I'm looking through the running backs, and being an Eagles fan, you would love to see the Miles Sanders pick. I think he has high potential. Um, another one, James Robinson just got a huge boost with ETN going out yeah, for ETN the going down. Um, never been a Joe Mixon fantasy guy. Love him as a he's NFL a, he's, back. He, he's, a, he's a tough fantasy guy. Um, but he's a I've tough fantasy a guy. Leagues, but he's a so what I'm going to do is take Miles Sanders to pair with CMC and Stefan Diggs and go boom or bust again. Yeah, and I, and I will thoughts? throw in that I, I picked Aaron Jones in the second round. Um, again, I, I didn't want to go running back, running back. I would have loved to get a wide receiver there, but Aaron Jones 
in round two. I mean, led the league in touchdowns last year. Right. Gets a ton of targets out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Very tough to pass. What are your up thoughts on Aaron Jones? With feels like AJ Dillon probably gonna have a bigger role. Is there concerns? Did that always fall into the second round? And he's not like an easy top five pick. I mean, for me, I think you look at it. Aaron Jones has always been productive, no matter his role. So, like, if he was like a Derrick Henry type player, where he's getting those twenty plus carries every game. I'd be a little more worried, but I mean, Jamal Adams has been floating around in Green Bay for a while, who's a damn good back. So it's, to me, I think he's going to be productive with the touches and the targets he'll get. So he wouldn't right. worry me as much with the you, A.J. Dillon thing. It would, would more worry, worry me more as much of, is he ever going to break down? Right. I, I don't even know about that because he scores. Hurt? But he scores. Right, but I you know, figure A.J. Dillon Adams and more of the – short yardage guy no and i agree and that's where the goal line you have to figure it out right but um highland great pick took my boy brian getting getting dk yeah how much do you guys pay attention to buys i pay attention a lot a lot so my theory is this is i will try to offset as many buys as possible if i see the board so for instance mccaffrey at by week 13 if right. I have another guy second round I love in 13, I'll take him. And then what right. I'll do is I'll try to load up on one bye week. I worry about it towards, when I get towards the later rounds. Um, I'm not looking at it too much in the in the early rounds. Um, just because, you know, th- those are the guys that you're starting every, every week. Those are the guys that are going to be your, you know, bread and butter players. But once it comes to later rounds and I need people who – can step in for those guys that you might have picked early on on their buys. That's when I'm focusing on it because I don't want to pick a guy that's going to sit on my bench all year and then – have the um, same buys the guy you want to replace them with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. I feel like I look at buys as tiebreakers. Like if I'm really splitting hairs Mm -hmm. between two people and like one guy has the same buys like two other people on my team already and one guy's got a buy that I don't have at all, I'm almost always going to lean that way. But that's – about the only time it's about the only time that I feel like I look at it. So there's a lot of times where I'll have like four people with the same buy. And I know I'm gonna struggle that week, but that means I'm only really gonna struggle that week. Yeah. Now for me too is like you said a tiebreaker. I'm not gonna go out and seek like if I want to load up on one buy, I'm not gonna go seek right. it. But if I'm looking at a Robert Woods and a I don't know, Deontay Johnson who might be rated similar. The bye week might be the one that's like, okay, I have three guys on a seven, nobody on an 11, or so on. But so, question for you guys here, because I'm debating this. I love, 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 love. Hold on, let's recap recap the picks that we've just made, and then we'll answer your question. All right, well, you got 30 seconds. In the meantime, I took um, Keenan Allen and George Kittle. And then in the meantime, Brian took Laren, Terry McLaurin, yeah. So we continue. We touched on this before the show about Josh Allen. I'm a huge, 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 huge person on pairing up a stud receiver with a stud quarterback. I'm looking at I'm looking at value right now at receiver, and you got some like Mike Evans. You could say Woods maybe, but nobody that's like, I mean Julio could be a flyer, but you never know. Nobody. I already have two backs. Nobody's sticking out to me. I might go. Josh Allen here, here, pair him with Stefan Diggs. 
Only problem round. is my boy Patty Mahomes is still sitting there. So I went Josh Allen, which, again, didn't love, but it's an eight-man league, so I'm expecting some deep depth to be there for a receiver. Um, and I pick there's, again right now. There's some two-quarterback leagues, right? If you were yes. in my position, right, pick an eight-nine, would you go Josh Allen, Mahomes, bang, bang, right there? If this was a two-quarterback league, I definitely would have taken Mahomes, Josh Allen. Okay. I'm just trying to right. think of as many like different, different possible league that there are. Like two quarterbacks is like rare, but it's not like weirdly rare. Yeah, so I'm you in a two I mean? quarterback. So, I am in a two quarterback. I'm in a two quarterback league as well. It's yeah. it, it's so not you guys a two were quarterback. In my spot. I'm sorry, it's a super flex. Okay, okay. so you can play a quarterback. You can start a quarterback, right at, uh, running back, tight end, receiver. But what happens right. is, and I'm going back years, is people would literally first pick somebody would take Peyton Manning. Now, it sounds crazy today, but that was before PPR and running back was more prevalent. So you'd have a list of 10 to 15 guys who were very good, if not studs. And then what they would do is on the flip side, they would get a pick and a pick. They would then take another QB, Drew Brees, and then they would pair it with one of their receivers. So a Reggie Wayne, a Marvin Harrison, Marquise Colson, something like that. So then they got the duo. I remember a big one is people always wanted Kurt Warner and they would take Fitz or Reggie Wayne and Manning or, but. Mahomes, um, in my two quarterback league, I think I've been in it two or three years, or it must must only be two years. And Mahomes has gone in the first round both, both years, just because it's, it's a 10 person league and two quarterbacks. So, I mean, you got to think, Everyone on their team basically has two quarterbacks and likely a a backup, if not maybe two backups. So you're really, you know, right. if you don't get in early on those quarterbacks, then you're kind of shit out of luck. Yes. Um, yeah, I had Lamar the year that he won the MVP, and that won me the league that year. And then um, it's also a keeper league, so I kept I kept Lamar moving moving forward. But yeah, I mean that's two quarterback leagues really puts an emphasis on how important um, quarterbacks are, I want. You guys want to recap some of the picks that you've just made? I know, Brian, you picked Amari Cooper. Um, According to before that, you took Josh Allen, then you took Robert Woods. Yeah, and honestly, Robert Woods was more about Stafford being there than anything. Right. I'm a huge Stafford guy. Matt, there is a great value pick here just floating for you. I don't know if this guy floats your boat or not, but he JK does kind of float. Oh, that's not what I was looking. I was looking Josh Jacobs down there. Um, I him too. I don't, know. Guys. I don't know. How I, feel about, I don't know how I feel about J.K. Dobbins. I was so also me, looking. So I just took Julio um, with the last pick of the fifth round, which I feel is good value. And I was looking at receivers or do I want to go like right here I can go anybody and feel pretty okay with what I'm doing and I've always been a big uh Adam Thielen guy now so for me that's right and Brian saw this in our draft um there's also a third seventh round bye I would have been extremely excited with J.K. Dobbins I love him I think he's gonna have a Massive breakout. But, again, Josh Jacobs is also, I think, very underrated this year. 
Yeah, that's why I just picked just in, the, in the sixth round. Yeah, I thought maybe I should have got another running back there just because there's so many receivers that are available. But I feel like Thielen just every year just consistent. Last year, 75 catches, 1,000 yards, 14 touchdowns. You give me that again as my third receiver behind Julio and Keenan Allen, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so what do you guys think of your teams thus far? Brian, what do you have? Let's see. I have Barkley, um, Aaron Jones, Metcalf, McLaurin, Mari um, Cooper, and Josh Jacobs. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty star-studded team. Yeah. Um, it is still – it is an eight-man league, so the, a lot of teams are going to look – Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, if, but, yeah. you should really – your team should really look like – just like you should look the part team, in basically. the eight yeah. Yeah. Corey, what about you? Um, I'm actually up with two picks, but I have Allen, McCaffrey, Sanders, Diggs, and Woods. Um, as I said earlier, this was kind of a I'm boomer bust here, just letting it hang, going at it. But um, let him swing. I'm taking Kyle Pitts, doing oh, a little. Stick with my boomer bust mentality, I guess. And uh, so your team's so, either going to finish first or finish last. That's what I'm rolling with. So Fair enough. Here's, I respect it. here's where I'm stuck because I have a lot of young receivers floating around here that I I do like a lot. Um, but then I have one with name recognition who I'm not a huge fan of, and Odell right. Beckham. So you got a coming got off Judy. the injury. Yeah. You also have a guy, Michael Thomas, floating down here who could literally not play a snap, who could get dealt tomorrow and start right away. Um, but I'm going to go Odell. Hope he has a bounce back. Throw him in there. Keep my boomer bust mentality. There's a couple guys out here that I think are really on would be on your boomer bust at this point in round seven. And I'm looking at guys like Javante Williams. Who was the second round pick for the Broncos? You figure he's got to play a big part with Melvin Gordon getting older there and Philip Lindsay no longer there. Where he's in Houston, right? Yes. So that's interesting. Same with Miles Gaskin. I feel like we don't really know what he is. Well, you know? what what about? And he played last year. He played pretty well, but like you're iffy there. I think a little bit. It's Kareem funny Hunt's though. You know he's we, the backup, we, but you know he gets a lot of attention. But we were talking about running backs and not being sure of depth. We're sitting here with Chase Edmonds, who is apparently the starter now. Could be a PPR yeah. stuff. If he's, if he's um, still there, he's not going to get past me. Don't you worry. Williams. But you go down the list, there's two guys that are really sticking out to me right now. One's Damian Harris for New England. Yep. They just traded Sony Michelle. Yep. That's a huge boost. I think Damian Harris could be a – Absolute steal, especially in a non-PPR league, I think could be huge. And on the flip side, I think Sony Michelle could be a, a nice flyer there you take. Um, right. I do like Just Henderson. Don't know how bad Daryl Henderson's – you don't know how bad his injury but is. But that, that's what I'm going to say is I, I don't think the Rams ever truly wanted Henderson to be the guy. No, they really – They like have Cam continuously Andrews. brought in competition, continuously. Malcolm Brown was there stealing carries. Next thing you know, you bring Cam Akers in. Um, who I think was the clear guy, but he got hurt for a year. Um, and then they immediately, he gets banged up and you bring in Sony Michelle. So it's like, 
I don't know how much they truly <laughs> believed in this guy. Brian's needing a pick in there. What'd you do, Brian? Picked up Kyler. My boy. So, Brian, you have a hate it. your running back quarterback is my pick team in uh, the league we drafted. Barkley and Kyler? Yeah. It's a good went, running back uh, quarterback combo. Yeah. I just went back to back running backs here. Um, I went Chase Edmonds and Javante Williams. And the thought is in the situation that one of them, I feel like, has a good chance of becoming like the guy and a really positive player. So I kind of hedged some bets a little bit when I already had my tight end and three receivers. So that was kind of my thinking there. I'm a very high take quarterback super late. Um, I remember we did a draft one time. I took a kicker before I took a quarterback. Um, I probably wouldn't wait that long again, but, you know. Well, you – That's the kind I, of late mean, that I'll have. You and I have been on the same brain length, length as far as – and Brian, I think, is in that boat too based off his previous draft with me. Um, there's so much value at quarterback that you can wait. Um, Matt and I have had the theory of we're going to wait, 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 and snag a guy like a Tannehill, a Stafford, a Matt Ryan, who's Aaron just Ro- consistent. Aaron Rodgers is always taken like well, around 10 or 11. Well, he usually goes higher than that now. Or well, now, yeah, he won the MVP last year. But, like, but there was a, a three-, four-year stretch where he was going late. But um, I was just saying, guys, for this year mainly, like that are going to fall to that later spot. But you can speaking of Rodgers, he just went. Um, yep. The problem is, I remember in my league last year, ten man league PPR everything. I waited, waited. I ended up leaving the draft with because it's a two quarterback. Leaving the draft with Jimmy G as my lone starting quarterback. Um, putting my money where my mouth is here and taking Damian Harris. And it was not a good feeling walking out of that draft with <laughs> Jimmy G, a guy who I never enjoyed watching, and I don't think's a good, especially not fantasy. Um, nope. So that that was a that was a kick in the nuts, but ended up making some They're trades, bringing in some guys, and won the league. So it was all good. <laughs> um, hey, you do what you got to do, but I love this guy. I just don't know, but I'm going Jerry Judy. Ooh, I like Judy a lot. Oh, you're building enough like to draft the, Jimmy G. I, so, I think I'm in the sports Teddy cards B and stuff starting, as well. Winning that starting gig is going to be awesome. I have over 110 Jerry Judy rookie cards. I've invested I mean, in the Jerry Judy. Um, clearly. You, I just, Who I do you like more, Jerry league. Judy or Tony Romo? What? I said, who do you like more, Jerry Judy or Tony Romo? Well, I'll tell you when you're out with a beer with all your good friends, Johnny Manziel and Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> um, but, no, I just think Judy has the – like, his routes are so crisp. It just – if they get a quarterback there, that Broncos offense could be absolutely fire. Oh, you don't um, believe in uh, – Teddy Bridgewater Teddy is the starter, right? Yeah, he's got named the yeah. starter. No Teddy two gloves. So, I did almost uh, – Go with my boomer bust a little more and reach into the Devonta Smith bag, but. Nice boomer bust. 
uh, I mean, it comes to a point where, like, how late do you start taking people that are injured, but you know are going to, you know, like I'm looking at somebody like Michael Thomas right now. Round nine, Artie of Allen, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen. Is that somebody worth, you know, stashing? Or is it too I've, early? I've looked at him for the last three rounds. The issue I think well, Michael Thomas is people genuinely don't know if he'll play a snap this year. Yeah, that's something that I would want to look into. I kind of uh, went against my quarterback thing. Where I just took uh, I took Herbert mainly to pair him with Keenan Allen. Um, Again, two guys I absolutely love, as Matt knows. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like Herbert in round ten is real good value. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you still look at it. You still got, and I know he's older, but Brady, Hurts, Tannehill, Stafford, who I think are all going to be top 15 fantasy quarterbacks probably. Stafford's my pick for MVP this year. So, I mean, you look, there's so many quarterbacks. Like, it's just you want that. When do you start taking the rookie, too? And which rookie do you take? Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence just got named the starter. so So that helps. He's going to get a boost. Um, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. I think the Jets finally have some receivers that are reliable and actually a receiver. So I think that could work a lot better in New York or Jersey. And so, I mean, they'd be my two I look at. I'm, I would love if, – if Trey Lance got named a starter for San Fran, he might be my pick just because he's in the I'm- best situation to start. Right. See, I'm on the Justin Fields train for fantasy. Just as I feel like if whenever he does get the start, he's going to run a lot. Oh, I fully agree. Um, it's just situa- – When does he become the starter? Because I think we're on the same It's going to be at some point this year. But it's just – is it week three? Is it week ten? And if yeah. it is week ten, how long are you willing to sit on him? He's a matter of, like you're saying, he's when, not if. He'll, he'll have that job. It's – when does he take it? And then along kind of with those rookie quarterbacks, how appealing are like Jacksonville weapons? Like they've got Marvin Jones down there. Well, do you have any interest in where you kind of want to stay away? Okay, you just took LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> but, I am. Um, I like LaVisca Chenault a lot. He's a huge boomer bust guy for me. Sticking with my uh, Colorado, my boomer bust guy. Um, so another. Guy that I absolutely love, Boomer Bust again. There's three I'm talking four actually are Noah Fan if he's healthy, but I have Judy, Dallas Goddard, Janu Smith, yeah. and Irv Smith Jr. I'm gonna go with Goddard just because I think he is the lowest Good. floor out of those four as my backup tight end. Um, but again, Hurt I think is tight end available. I think tight end is gonna be the one where there's the main three right. Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle. Not in that any specific order, just those three. I think you're going to see some dudes pop off at that tight end position this year, down lower. There's just so much talent. Guy that I, really, I like, I like Hawkinson. I like TJ Hawkinson a lot as well. Is I he think... the only weapon in Detroit? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, and I think. 
Goff's just going to feed him the ball. The ball's the ball. Go I think he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. Like, he kind of – he was good last year, but he wasn't, like, you know, that, like, elite fantasy guy. Uh, he didn't really, like, get, like, the huge yardage games that you'll see from, like, Kelsey and, like, some of these other guys. But you know, I think he could be 810 touchdowns, which would put him in the top five range. Right. Yeah, also, for sure. I mean, touchdowns for him didn't come because he had, you know, Kenny Galladay had 10 plus, Marvin Jones had 10 plus. I mean, that right there is going to really, you know, put a dent in mean, the amount of touchdowns that he's going to get. I know this isn't really fantasy. It doesn't matter at all. But Hawkinson also blocks, which is just really cool to see from a tight end nowadays. <laughs> I, uh, there you go, Matt. I really like TJ Hawkinson. But again, Brian, back. Back to my point, like he's another one that I think he's on the verge of a uh, of a big breakout. I think this could be the year he shines, where not more than your average football fan starts to know who he is. Yeah. Um, so, and again, like Goddard has the potential. Irv Smith, Janu Smith. Um, you have obviously Kyle Pitts coming up. You got so many tight ends that just have absurd talent. And Gesicki, it's just. My thought is, and this is the question, is like, do they always stay in the Evan Ingram mold, Hunter Henry mold, where every year we wait for them to break out and they never do? <laughs> like, I feel like both those tight ends, injuries play a lot of part with them, but do they always stay there or do they actually have that breakout? Right. Marquez Callaway is one of my favorite favorite picks this year, and that guy just took him. Because James that, is slinging it to him? Yes, and, dude, he went off last preseason game they had, and it was the day after our draft, and I was a very happy camper. Did you take him? I did. Really late, too. Yeah. All right, so let's stick with some boomer bust uh, mentality here. So I got a couple questions about some teams. Who's is Brian for the Jets? Is what's Michael Carter's role going to be? Um, is it really going to be a by committee thing? Is is there as a top? It, it, it is going to be dog a emerged. It is going to be a by committee thing. I mean, I would say that in terms of like who's played the best in preseason and the reports coming out of camp. It's been Ty Johnson. Um, Tevin Coleman hasn't been healthy and um, hasn't played much in preseason. Um, but I do think that him being the veteran and the guy that they brought in is going right. to get you know a good bit of carries. I think Michael Carter is going to be a, a third down guy. Um, that's where he's going to mainly be utilized. I don't think he's going to get – He's not going to be a 20 carries a game type of guy. Like you might get 10 carries and five targets out of him, but um, he might be someone that you can stash on your bench if you right. if 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 you want to. If it's a bigger league, maybe. Um, but he's not a guy that I'm really targeting for my. Um, yearly fantasy leagues like I have him in dynasty because I think over time he will kind of emerge as that 
top back in the um in the system but for year over year fantasy where you know you draft a whole new team each year i don't love him for this year fair enough so piggybacking off what matt asked you i um as you guys know i'm in a dynasty league coming off a championship um i can pull my team up after our draft but i've stashed ty johnson on my bench for three years now. This is the year. I've cut him, picked him back up, stashed him, cut him, picked him back up. Um, I picked him up late last season when he got a little reps, um, and I stashed him again because my running back situation is capped out. So we have $220. 90-some of my money goes straight to Ezekiel Elliott. Um. My starting roster is Josh Allen, Zeke, Naheem Hines, or Devin Singletary. This is a 12-man dynasty. DK Metcalf. Singletary was going to be the next person I was going to ask about. DK, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, and then my flex is either Judy or Chase Claypool. So my dilemma here is I need to take the – as you can see, my only weakness I truly think is that number two, RB. So, right. with no cap, and I invested a lot of assets to go get Travis Kelsey at the deadline last year. Helped me win the chip, but um, I need to take some flyers. So, is Ty Johnson worth stashing? I got my draft this weekend. My cuts need to be in, I think, Saturday morning. Do I cut Ty Johnson? He's only $2, or do I just stash him again? I mean, I'm, I'm a big $2. Ty Johnson fan. I think he's... Like I said, I think he's the best running back on the Jets roster right now. Um, I don't know if he will get the, the carries, though, but I think over time, if he stays healthy, then he will emerge as the top back. I mean, even last year, um, the few games that he, he got the majority of the carries, he looked like the best back, and he performed like the best back. I mean, he had 100 yards against the Ra- Raiders, um, he had like 90 yards. He had 90 yards another game. Wherever he's played, he's looked like the top back for the Jets. But I don't think they're ever gonna like rely on him as that lead okay. back. And that's kind of where my head was at. Like I don't ever see them. Like I never see Ty Johnson as being the guy where you're coming into training camp or the season, and it's like. Yeah, we're rolling with him. But my hope is now Naheem Hines was a top 15 running back last year. Singletary has the potential to be a top 15 back if he gets the carries. Um, So I'm just looking for a guy potentially this year that gives me enough, a game or two spot starter. And that's why I'm thinking I might just stash him again because I think he could have a game or two, like you're saying early, especially where maybe – Carter isn't ready. Maybe they're not ready to roll with other guys. They just feed Ty Johnson because they're going to need to lean on the run game with all the rookies they have too. Um, so I'm hoping maybe I could get a few weeks out of Ty Johnson. Throughout the season. <laughs> um, uh, I'll yeah, pull I think up so. my... this is the last year. Ty Johnson's not – he doesn't do anything for you this year. Yes. It's been good. I think, um, I think that's a very fair – Fair answer there, I mean, Matt. Logan, you're putting more faith in Ty Johnson than anybody in the entire NFL. Well, again, when you, you hear it, it seems like it, but I'll 
share my screen and show you live when we're done our draft on my dynasty and how it works and you'll see everybody's team and so it's it's a whole different type of thing it's it's different for sure but it's really cool um all right so our our uh fantasy draft here my fantasy draft here just ended we want to run through our teams here real quick what we like what we don't like what we wish we would have done different um i'll go first my final team was Justin Herbert, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, George Kittle, Adam Thielen, Colt Stee, Harrison Butker, who's the Chiefs kicker. Um, then my bench is Chase Evans, Javante Williams, uh, Michael Thomas, um, Devontae Smith, Jarvis Landry, Matt Stafford, and Rob Tunyon. Um, I like my team as a whole. I like it a lot. I think my receivers are unbelievable. Um, if I were to do one thing, though, it would be take one less bench receiver and try to swap them out for a running back. Um, I just think with having six receivers and four running backs, I like to try to have five and five. Um, you know, just – I don't know. I don't know if that's me. I don't know. If it's just how I try to do some balance. And I always take a backup quarterback and a backup tight end. But that's my team. I like it a lot. And then once Michael Thomas comes back, I'll have a lot of tough decisions to make. But it'll be a good time. I would not be upset if this is the team um, moving forward that I had to go with. I feel real good about my chances. Yeah, no. So I actually, actually accidentally closed out of my mock draft. I'll read it to so, you. So, if you want to pull that bad boy up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Corey, you went uh, – oh, Jesus. Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Robert Woods, Kyle Pitts, Odell Beckham, Bucks defense, Jason Sanders, who's Miami's kicker, Damian Harris, Jerry Judy, LaVishka Chenault, Dallas Goddard, Henry Ruggs, Tom Brady, Naeem Hines. Yeah, so I think as – We've both said a lot is boom or bust, but you look at my bench, I went full second re second year receiver, waiting for which one right. is the breakout. Is it Judy? Is it Ruggs? Is it um Chenault? You know, so I kind of went with that route. I sealed up my QB and my running backs, I would hope, early. And then receiver is gonna be one that I would play the if this was a real league, would play the revolving right. door waiver wire trade game with. Like me, you also went four running back, six receivers. Um, so, something up. Brian, yeah, well, you I mean, up there? Do you want me to read it to you? I got it right here. Um, I got Aaron Jones, DK Metcalf, Terry McLeod, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, Kyler Murray, Robbie Anderson, Logan Thomas, Tyler Boyd, DJ Shark, Marquise Brown, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gilsicki, Houston, D Washington defense, and uh, Matt Gay. It's a hell of a team. You took a probably more Washington players than I've ever taken in my life. Um, like I said, Logan Thomas. Do you like Logan Thomas, or do you just kind of take him because he was there? Or like, I don't, I don't know what to think about him. You know, um, it just seems like good value. For, for where I got him. I'm not, you know, 
I'm not in love with Logan Thomas. I think he has a high ceiling. Yeah. If you were to change one thing, is there one pick that you would take back? Is there one thing that you would – what would you change if you had to pick one thing? Um, just exit it out. Um, I don't know. It, probably Amari Cooper. I'm thrilled with the Amari Cooper pick. I think there were some better yeah. guys available at that spot. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe I change uh, DK for Justin Jefferson. I'm high on Justin Jefferson, and I was kind of between those two. Amari for right. Mike Evans. You went eight receivers. Yeah, I, I mean it's PPR. Eight receivers, three running backs. It's PPR. That's the best way to do it. All right. Fair enough. They're most they're most they're most valuable. So Matt, I'll, I you can that. see my screen, right? Oh yeah. So this is the squad, the dynasty squad that you hear me talk about all the time. Two hundred and twenty dollars. I'm using two hundred and nineteen dollars currently. Still got a dollar left. I got one dollar left, but I can't afford all my draft picks because I got two third rounders. Um, as you can see, the salary cap fluctuation here is my team's very cheap besides Zeke. So my goal is to try to find that. Oh, I see what's going gem. on here. Zeke, cut Zeke next year. When I say cut everybody, not because I think Zeke's going to suck, just because of pure salary cap for my dynasty he's team. 80. Yeah, he's out of your 220, Zeke's 88. And they go up 10% every year. Oh, no. He caps at 95. Well, then he'll be 95 next year. So here's the thing is I cannot keep Kelsey, Allen, and Zeke next year. Do you trade Zeke? Is there anybody that's willing to take him? Now, this is why I'm letting it ride is because, say, my boy Claypool and Jerry Judy have good enough years where I'm okay with a wide out two and three. I have faith in DK. Then I have the flexibility, do I trade Keenan Allen or do I trade Zeke? So that's kind of where I'm at. My dilemma here is, and let's go over who to you, the – Who do you cut? The rookie I, If I'm you, I know, I know who I'm cutting, looking at your the, team. I'm not sure how much the, money you need to free up, but I know who I'm cutting. The rookie draft, I got the 29th pick, and I have the 36th pick. Now, people might be like, yeah, whatever, it's only rookies. But if you see Claypool with the four next to him, we have a rookie cap. So we draft a player, whatever their rookie salary is based off ESPN that single year is where they're at, and they stay there and only go up 10% for first-round picks, Three years, two years, third, right. second round picks, three and a four or three, two, three, four and five. I'm sorry. So I could have a third round pick at a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, five dollars. That's why Claypool was absurdly valuable because I stole him in the third. Right. So I'm leaning towards Malcolm Brown, potentially letting him go. Yep. Yep. He's in Miami now. Gaskin gets banged up. Make me nervous. There's Ty another Johnson guy. There's no... yep, floating in the Jets. I, would... I think I'm going to hold Ty. Wayne yep. Gallman helped win me my leg last year, came on strong for the Giants. I think he's buried in San Fran, yep. so I cut him. 
Um, Naheem Hines and Tony Pollard aren't going anywhere because the handcuff for Zeke. Right, right. Marlon Mack, I'm just stashing in case yep. Taylor gets hurt. Nope. Marlon so, Mack's the one that I would cut. I, I'm keeping him because if Taylor gets hurt or if my boy Will wants a Taylor handcuffed, he knows where to find me. Um, right, but so also, I'm looking at it. He's also, did you say you can't afford to draft picks? But that's the thing. I, I could write if he, I cut. Right, Max worth they're going to be one dollar. Rather cut Gallman. But my picks are going to be one dollar. And but my picks are going to be one because they're thirds. So that's two dollars. I'm looking. I have a dollar already. So I cut Gallman or Brown right there. That's an extra four. Oh yeah. I okay. Think yep. I might cut Dalton Schultz because I have Kelsey and Janu Smith. So now I'm yep. up to seven dollars. And then here's one I don't want to, but I could. I cut Matt Ryan, all of a sudden I'm at 13. Now I have some free agency play where I could go try it. to snag a, a flyer. Don't hate it. I also will probably cut the Cardinals D. So would need to replace them, obviously. But Of course. Are you a – I meant to ask you this while we're doing the draft. Um, are you a target a couple specific defenses and, you know, run the risk of your head is when you want to get them? Or are you almost always – take defense like your second to last pick and you just pick one who you like, you know, who their matchup week one and then drop them and pick a new one each week. 90% of the time. That's my, my motive is just, but there's some, some leagues where, you know, it's dollar per transaction or something like that. Well, and that's the thing is if I feel there's a defense who like in our draft the other day with Brian's in with me, that you're also joining again, once you get settled in, which you want. Yeah, that's um, the league that we talked about that I had all the issues with, and I'm not even in the league this year because I'm moving way, around a lot, and I'm not going to be around. Colors. What? Decimals passed with flying colors. All right. Sick. I can't wait to be back. And guess what? It went into immediate effect. So all the things you were claiming was just not true. Um, well, second. <laughs> but anyway, the point was Washington's defense, I forget where I took them. But I was sitting there, defenses are going. I knew I needed one. And I think Washington's defense could be very, very good. Elite, yeah. I think they have the that potential. What you'll so do is, is you'll see, them. like, you know, when that come that time, will you will you look at week one matchups to take a team? Or like you're like as as you know, defense are coming, you know you're gonna take one. Will you take no. one that you think is the best chance to be a dominant unit? Mine's more consistent unit unless I'm going the weight game and I'll just replace and rinse and repeat um, right. whoever's playing. It used to be whoever's playing the Jags. Now it might be oh, whoever's yeah. playing Houston if Watson's not in. So, or a, like, and I also Jets. look at divisions. So, for instance, like the Colts D is – or Tennessee who's been a little banged up on defense. But Tennessee's going to get Jags twice, Houston twice, and Colts twice. Colts, I think, have the potential to be an electric offense, but they also could fall flat. Right. If they're not healthy and they stack the box on Taylor and it's on Wentz or Eason to make magic happen, you never know. Um, I just think Washington sitting there with another year of Rivera, who's an excellent coach. Chase Young's just an absolute freaking monster. Um, that D-line's good. They got a young rookie linebacker coming in. I just – I mainly just take the last defense, rinse and repeat, look at matchup, right? But if I do see one, like I said, Washington, I will snag them if I think the value. What do good. you do? What do you do with kickers then? Do you try so to kick- target? Do you, do you think high-scoring offenses? 
Do you think as many games as possible in domes? Do you think teams with meh offenses? Because those guys are probably going to more attempts at field goals instead of extra points. Do you so, look at where the like, schedule? So like, oh, you know, the Eagles or whatever are playing. You know, if you're looking at Jake Elliott, we're playing, you know, they were playing the AFC West. So like, you got to go to Denver, you can kick bombs in Denver. And then we'd be going to the Chargers who have a dome and we go into the Raiders who have a dome. You know what I mean? Like, do you look at stuff like that or how far in do you get the kickers? Or you're just like, nah, that guy's good. So for me, there's two things I look at then, it, or three, and then it's whatever. Buckner and Tucker. Yep. That's all I'm looking. Chiefs. They're the Chiefs, Chiefs and Ravens, just because they're excellent and Chiefs are electric offense. But those two, yeah, once Tucker, they go, just, I Tucker love, doesn't doesn't miss either. So you're I would love to pair my quarterback with my kicker because anytime I'm in the red zone, I'm getting seven. points. Right. Um, or if they get held, at least I'm getting three. Um, if he's a good kicker on it, you know, like that. But then I just look at electric offenses. Because my thing is, I just want my kicker to at least put up something. I don't want my kicker coming out getting goose-egged on the scoreboard or putting up one touchdown or, you know what I mean? So I just take the guy who is going to put up the most extra points, and then by week two I cut him and pick up the guy who's now a top-five kicker fantasy. Right. Yeah, I always – I look a lot of times – I try to take guys who are in domes. Um. So, like, I took Will Lutz a lot. because one electric offense with the Saints, and then he's in a dome. Plus, right, plus um, he's in a dome, so there's eight games. Plus, they play the Falcons there in a dome. That's nine games in a dome. And then their other two divisional games are Tampa, which should be warm. The weather should be fine. And then Carolina, which, again, should be warmer, should be fine weather-wise. So, that's, that's why I look at same thing with I took uh, – I'll take the Texans back when, like, you know, they had Sean Watson and, like, they were actually – and DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. they were a good offense. Because, again, they got multiple domes um, in their – they got dome in their division, plus they're in a dome, plus their other divisional games in Tennessee, which, again, outside, which should be, but it should be warm, where it should be fine. And then also in Jacksonville, where it should be warm, where it should be fine. Like, weather won't be an issue. Um, never take a Pittsburgh kicker. I never take a Buffalo kicker. Um Green Bay is it like Mason Crosby's always iffy because you know that weather's going to get you at the end of the year, but at the beginning of the season they are going to be putting up points. So, you know, just something to think about when you're out there drafting. They got to take a kicker. A couple things to look about. A lot of people think, oh, it's my last pick. It doesn't really care matter who I take. But there's some legit. Um, just a thought that goes into it. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back at previous years, honestly, Stephen Gotzkowski, I would overdraft him he every a, year. Um, he was the, the reason he's was, like Justin Tucker, where like he doesn't yeah. miss, and they trot him out there all the time. You know, the weather wasn't great. He you knew you could count on him still. He literally was minimum of ten points every week, and yeah. I know people are looking at that like, uh, but my big theory is honestly, I want an average. I don't want any starters getting under ten a week. Now, obviously, defense, kickers, whatever, but that was huge for me to – if you have a kicker averaging 12, and, like, I mean averaging, not 25 one week and three, like genuinely getting 10, 12, 15 points a week, and then you get a three receivers that are getting 15, 10, 20, you know what I mean? Like, it adds up quick because you're never going to have a down week per se. 
Now it's funny because I went the polar opposite. Tonight you with, went boomer bust one hundred percent with the mock, where my usual draft was a mock. Yeah, you, you, you feel some things out, get some players, see how you know they looked when they're on well, your team. If you felt confidence there, even in our league we drafted in last Saturday, I went a little boomer bust, and it started with my first pick. And I looked at it like this: was I'm taking Saquon, um, who I love Saquon as a talent, as a person he seems great but I, that offensive line sketches me out he's in a oh, division yeah. with good defensive lines um they're gonna stack the box they're gonna make daniel jones do something so he worries me so he's boomer yep. bust so then i went boomer bust and i took uh calvin ridley who i think could take a huge breakout i took darren waller who anytime you take a tight end in the top three not named travis kelsey it's boomer bust um and then I went Kyler, so I just went the definition yeah. of I'm hoping for the the big, which is against my usual drafting. So speaking of Kelsey, he's projected in a lot of like mocks. Like, you know, when you do the you know, when you do the mock draft, you see him as like he's like the number six overall pick. Would you take if you have pick six, would you take a tight end that early? Cool. That feels too early when there's, you know. People like Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, possibly Alvin Kamara, guys like that are still available. If you think about it, it feels a little. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, it might not be as dumb as it sounds because the gap between Kelsey and tight end five is drastic. The gap between running back one and running back five isn't as drastic as people. That's got to be the thinking for it. It has to be the value of the position. I mean, if you if you look at like Kelsey compared to, I mean. Uh, who was tight end five last year? Michael Sicky, maybe like someone like that. Who, like, I, I don't even know. Like Bob Tanyan, like even Tanyan. I think like he had TJ a, was. TJ Tanyan was three. But Tanyan that's my point, right there. He had so many three, tight ends. Four or five is drastically. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's drastically different, and like, I mean, you know what you're getting from Kelsey. Like Corey talking about, you know, he wants people who score 10, 10 points on his roster. It's like okay. Kelsey's going to get you like 15 basically every single game. Uh, yeah, it went Kelsey, Waller, Tunyon, Mark Andrews, Hawkinson. And it's funny because most people will say Mark Andrews had a bad year. And this is standard. Right? Yeah, this is standard. Um, PPR. I mean, think... Kelsey at one had 207 points. T.J. Hawkinson at five had 108. So he literally had 100 more points in nine PPR from one through five. And and think about that value gap at a position that people might not draft. So tight end. That's literally an extra valuable receiver right there. Yeah, I mean, it, well, the, the issue is like, or the reason to draft Kelsey that early is because the gap the between PPR that and like if then. you get, say, tight end 10, like it just becomes like – Insane. Last, last year, tight end 10 was Hayden Hurst. Yeah. PPR-wise, Kelsey at one had 312.8 in 15 games. Tight end five was Hawkinson, who had 175.3 in 16 games. So he played one less game and almost doubled him. One less game. One less game and had 150 more points. What was, what was like tight end 10? Tight end 10 was Hayden Hurst. In 16 games, he had 149.1. Yeah, so you're he getting essentially twenty five ish points less than Hawkinson. It was a five, so five to ten is twenty five points. 
five to one is 150 points. Yeah. Tight so. end two was Darren Waller with 278. And then tight end three was Tunyon at 176.6. Yeah, well, so I mean. Three to one. There's three to one. There's 150 point difference as well. Brian saw me. Travis Kelsey was the guy I wanted in the second to pair with Saquon. He went. I took Waller. Or in the third on the loop. I'm sorry. I took right. Darren Waller. Right away, immediately, Kittle. Kelsey went and Kittle went and I took Waller. I knew. For me, there's three tight ends that if you want to go into the season knowing you're getting production, it's those three. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this could be a tilting year where there's a lot of potential there. But, you, again, you have to be okay with boomer bust. Kelsey is literally right. the most consistent, dominant tight end I think we've ever seen. Um, he, he is. I mean, he's, what's he on, five straight thousand-yard receiving? It might be up to seven. Yeah. Either like way, it's absurd. Wild. Now, for my old school people, I'm not saying Tony Gonzalez, Shannon Sharp, it was a different era. If they played today, they'd probably put up a grant too. But the bottom line is he's doing it in his era, right? So one, two, three, four, five. I'm sorry, he's going for six. That's yes. He's going for six. So you were right, Brian. Five straight. But if you look at his last three guys, he's had 105 catches, 97 catches, 103 catches, 11 touchdowns, five, and 10. So not as only he's not only putting up yardage, he's getting touchdowns and he's catching a ton of balls in a freaking offense that has weapons. Oh yeah. So it's and a coach who's gonna utilize him. Like I yeah. think the only negative on Kelsey is he's in his thirties and people are like, all right, well, when's this wall hit? Right? Like when? Right. When's yeah. Kelsey done? The the Chiefs' offense. I will. I should say Kelsey and Hill, kind of. You know, they throw a wrench into one of my typical fantasy strategies where I like to just draft the best players on bad teams. Um, and I right. typically try to stay away from, like, you know, players on, like, really good teams. And it's something that I've changed recently. But, you know, because you see, like, in years past, it would be like, you know, okay, if you have a top running back, then you're likely not going to have a top receiver. Or if you have a top um, wide receiver, you're not going to have a top tight end. But nowadays, it just it just doesn't matter. Like teams just score so much, and you're seeing so much more points throughout the NFL that it just doesn't matter. You are able to just kind of draft who the best player is because no matter where they go, they're going to get the targets, they're going to get the touches right. just because teams are on offense so much more. Well, the year Terrell Pryor had. Where he put up a thousand. It's like that was that was I had him that year. That was awesome. But again, it's like Brian saying you just took a receiver, or and at that point he's a waiver wire. But you take him, a guy on a bad team who you know that team's going to be behind, who that team's going to have the ball, and who they're going to be throwing. I mean, but like Kelsey and Hill, I never want a tight end receiver on the same team. Those two guys, if you could get both, that's a ridiculous one. But it's just. There's no if, doubt I would go into if, the season with those get, two. I, I feel like the ultimate would be like Kelsey Kittle, or Kelsey Hill and uh, Mahomes. Like obviously it's not possible just because like Hill's going as. That's be your first wide. three picks. If you get, if you yeah, but turn, I don't think I don't think Mahomes Hill or no. Kelsey's lasting to the loop on three. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, not in today's world with the hype on Mahomes and the work, like, sure. I just don't see him the lasting. Only chance, the only chance you could do is if you were in an eight-man league. 
Yeah, an eight man league. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you got if you got twelve, absolutely no chance. Even ten, well, because no chance. My theory is too. You're probably taking. You have to have a mid to back end first. You gotta have a back because first. you have, to have, have an early you second. Have Kelsey, right? You have to do a Kelsey first or Hill. Yeah, you gotta go Hill first. I would say. I think I think you go Hill or Kel. Either way, but you have to have an early think, second to get that loop, yeah, which means get you're the picking last and the third. You you need like There's an no eight man league, and you need to pick like long. you need pick six. seven, six or seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's amazing watching what Kelsey is like. Again, I so my dynasty league, um, we have a twenty four hour trade rule, which means Brian and I make a trade. We text our commissioners, they text it to the league, and they say at 10.39 p.m. tomorrow, this trade's finalized, which means anybody in our league can come to Brian or I and match our trades. I like so that. It's, I like it's that. amazing. Constantly. Because what happened is um, I made a trade, and I was getting Travis – I'm sorry, somebody else made a trade was getting Travis Kelsey from my brother Mark. I text him. I'm like, yo. I need – I want to solidify my tight end. I think I'm going for a championship. He's like, all right, well, I want this. And I was like, all right, boom, done. Text in, trade matched. Next thing you know, the guy who originally made the deal upped his ante a lot, overpaying for him. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm looking, Matt, you saw my team dynamic. Take Kelsey off and put Noah Fan. Um and I'm like, you know what? I traded future assets, traded Will Fuller, who at the time was a top five receiver. Um, I, and he was cheap. Like you have to remember dynasty, young, cheap, whatever. Um, and I just loaded up everything I had that wasn't a valuable right now contributor and not chase Claypool and Judy. And I pushed my chips in. And I remember the big kicker was the guy who had him was getting a second round and Mike Davis in return. And I went to my brother and I said, look, I'm giving you more than he is. And I don't want the second and I don't want Mike Davis. So I literally gave a King's ransom for Kelsey, but it, it won me a championship because if you remember late in the year, him and Josh Allen had those monster games that oh yeah, that won me it because I was getting beat by 45 points or 38 points going into like the last game of the night. It was Josh Allen. Josh Allen put up like 44. You love to see it. Um, so right, I have a soft spot for Kelsey. I respect it. Before we get out of here, I guess we'll just let's give a couple of uh... – Sleepers, you kind of gave some already. Um, but who are some guys, you know, even, you know, let's go with normal draft. You still will take that flyer on, still look at that, at that boomer bust guy. Um, is it typically oh, rookies? Is it typically, like, where do you typically, where do you look at the guys? And typically I'll, younger guys. Or what? I'll, I'll, I'll give out a few. Um, the first, and I mean, this might be like, might sound like a homer pick, but a guy that I love for fantasy this year is Corey Davis. Um, in the preseason, when he's played, he's gotten targeted on 70% of the routes that he's ran, which is just like absolutely <laughs> insane. Obviously, that's not going to continue into the regular season. Oh, but, it is. But Zach Wilson, no, it's, just, it's, he, he it's loves throwing to Corey Davis. Rate. He, just, he just gets open. And um, the you know, he fits into this LaFleur, um, Shanahan offense, and I think the Jets are going to throw it more than people are expecting. And so I really like Corey Davis. 
Um, and he's a guy that you can get pretty good value on. He's not going, you know, super high like some of these other top wide receivers. But I think, you know, he could be a guy when you look back on the end of the year is in that top 12 to 15 range. And, you know, you can get him late in the draft or later than, you know, who's ranked as the top 15 receivers now. Um, so that would be one that I would start off with. And then um, in terms of rookies, I don't know. I, I would say kind of an anti-sleeper. I'm not as high on Najee Harris as, as the rest of the fantasy community. Um, <laughs> All right. Alex, let's pivot to that. You got one sleeper, one person that maybe you think is a little too now, overhyped. Can I ask Brian a question real quick yes. off that? There's no rules. Is the Najee Harris thing more about his draft position and the hype, or is it more about him? Um, it, it, it's more about his draft position. Okay. Um, I think so – like, If Najee Harris sitting there in the fourth round, you're going to scoop him every time. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it depends on where you're picking him, but you know, I think people expecting Najee Harris to come in and be like – AP a, on the Vikings? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like. I agree. I, 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 just don't, I just don't see that. And um, I've been seeing stuff where the um, the Steelers' offensive tag. line has played well in the off or in the preseason, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't expect that to continue to the regular season where he's gonna you know have this like stud offensive line to run behind. You look at the way that the Steelers have played in the past; they still have Big Ben. Like Big Ben has said before, he doesn't like running under center because he doesn't like taking that drop back to, to hand the ball off. So it's like, okay, that kind of limits him with what he's going to be doing. Um, they have all those big wide receivers. Like you have um, Juju, you have Chase Claypool, you have Deontay Johnson, you still have Eric Ebron. Like I just, I don't know. I'm not. They just drafted a uh, Pat Fryermuth out of uh, tight end of Penn State. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just not very high on on Harris. I mean, obviously, it depends on the draft position, but um, like you're not going to take been, him early second round like a lot of people. Yeah, where are. I've been seeing him getting drafted and blocked. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not. Fe- I'm not feeling that. And I could. Pat I could. I could, I could be wrong, that, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I like. I, and this also could be um, James Conner regret from last year when I drafted him early thinking, oh, you know, this is this is the year James Conner, he's going to break out. Um, and then obviously just didn't. So could be could be part of that could be just uh, not believing in the Steelers offensive line. Well, I think you make a fair ben, point, oh. too, is people forget about rookies and while he played at Bama and he was in the SEC and he is a dominant freak of a player, he is a rookie. Um, I think people get spoiled with what Justin Jefferson was able to do. And you look around at what some rookies have been able to do and they just assume that year one rookies are dominant. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a perfect example of blowing your expectations for Harris, not because of his ability, not because of the, it's just solely he's a rookie, and the Chiefs had a dynamic offense. The bottom line is you're a rookie, and a lot of things can go wrong. So you're taking an unproven commodity in the first or second round on a team who has a sketchy offensive line at best. Um, it's new. It could be good, but it's not. You have an older quarterback. It's just 
I'm one of the biggest Najee Harris fans as far as his personality, his talent, his at work ethic. It's just I agree, Brian. I think that's a that's a great him, point with the Edwards Alaire kind of. Like, People um, were taking him top five last year at one point. A lot of people were so high on Edward Solaire, and it was like the whole storyline was, oh, my gosh, they finally got this legitimate runner. Like, imagine this guy in this offense, like, he's going to get the ball at the backfield. And I feel like you're hearing a lot of the same things with I, – I shouldn't say same things, but sort of like similar hype with Najee where it's like – He's going to be able to take the pressure off Big Ben. Like he's going to, Big Ben's going to have this running game that they had when they were, you know, winning Super Bowls or when they were competing for AFC Championship games. Like, and like you said, you don't know what's going to happen. And also, it's just, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. You know, I can see that. Ever Larris, who I was thinking of, is like the, there's a guy where like, is he now a sleeper? I was going to ask. So I think, he, I think, I think so. Be. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's still the starting running back for the Chiefs. Like, let's not forget dude, that. I've seen him first going round, round three. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In the I, mock I, draft we just did, he was sitting there round six. So, um, he was a guy's very my sleeper, which may be a little bit of a homer pick. And also, maybe people think I'm an idiot for this, but I think Zach Ertz is a sleeper this year. Like, those things with Zach Ertz is being, like, the 14th, 17th tight end taken. Eagles loves throwing the ball to tight ends. Zach Ertz was hurt last year. The year before that, he still broke the record for receptions by a tight end. I just think Zach Ertz is still – he's on a contract year. He's playing. He wants another big deal. I just think that – So. If I can Zach Ertz uh, still has potential to be a top 10 fantasy tight end. If I can be a, a devil's advocate, Eagles yeah. love throwing to tight ends. How much of that was was Peterson and, and Reed and now bringing in a new offensive system? Um, you know, it's not like the Colts really utilized that? their tight end last year. It's not like they ran a bunch of two tight end sets. I mean, I know that that's kind of the um, expectation is that the Eagles are just going to throw their tight ends all the time, but I... I mean, it's been that way for three years. That's been our expectation, and I mean, honestly, it's just... I. I, Well, I thought, again, it's it's a value thing. Like, the mock draft we just did, Zach Ertz didn't get drafted. I feel like in an eight-man league, Zach Ertz should be on somebody's team. Oh, my point of view as an Eagles fan is he's not a starting tight end on our team. It's weird to say Dallas Goddard to me is the clear cut starter. Um, with the yeah, youth, yeah, I would say Dallas have, Goddard's the better tight end. I'm just, it's, it's nothing... hard for me when we talk about tight ends. Now, I get your point because there could be huge value there, like we talked about. I just, when you have Goddard a young is not guy, always great at staying healthy, too. When you have a young guy with the talent that Goddard has, um, it's hard to justify drafting a backup tight end. So that's probably why he went undrafted. But again, to all the negatives we said about Najee Harris and like the young rookies and you're going with a guy who's proven he's a, could be an elite tight end in the league. I just, for me, Ertz is is more about chances than anything. And he has started to struggle with drops. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying he should be the first. That's why he's a sleeper. 
I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying in a 10-man league, a 12-man league, I, I wouldn't be – there's probably a handful of teams that could or maybe should be a starter on. No, I mean, yeah, it's just – it sucks because fantasy – like he went round 15 in a 10-man draft we did on Saturday. Right. So, Matt, my, Dallas my question Goddard to you would went be – in round 10. To me. Which even um, that feels like a bit of a steal too. Yeah, I agree. Because I think I think Goddard's going to be, I, I think he's going to be the clear cut tight end one. I think he's going to get, you know, probably, you know, four more targets a game. Uh, uh, at, at least, maybe. Yeah. So my question to you, Matt, would be: Do you think in a fantasy league that both Goddard and Ertz should be starting tight ends? You think in um, a, a ten to twelve man league? You think that both of those guys should be starters? I think there's potential, assuming health, for them both to be top ten fantasy tight ends this year. And again, this is so Matt then, to your question, for anybody listening. It's then, not yeah, Matt saying Zach Ertz is just right. I'm not making a guarantee. Zach Ertz is just a guy that I think's being overlooked a lot. And I think when you get down to that later, you know, you're looking for tight ends. You're looking at you know. Tunyon or Johnny Smith or a Hunter Henry or somebody in that area, a lot of people are overlooking Ertz. And I think he still has a lot of football left. And I think, you know, as I said, he's on a contract year, wants to still be a really high paid tight end. And he's not going to do that by not playing well. And I think he knows that he's already, he's auditioning for other teams already. So he's got a little extra motivation there. Yeah. A guy that maybe I'm not as high on as others. Um, I don't really know why. I don't have. It's just like a feeling. I'm not as high on Dalvin Cook. I don't think. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But something about him, it just doesn't. I just don't feel the confidence that I would have in taking him at number two. That I feel like I should have taken him at number two. Nothing he did. I think, you know, he scored 16 touchdowns last year. Is he going to do that again? Probably not. Um, I think also I think defense is going to be able to plan better with Justin Jefferson out there. I think it took a lot of defensive coordinators by surprise how good he is. I think they'll be able to play and plan for that better. Um, you know, he's also he's had some injury stuff in the past. I don't know. There's nothing he did. Just something about it doesn't quite sit right with me that he's 100% locked in as the second overall pick. Well, I mean, and it's fair because anytime you're drafting a guy that high, there is, like we said about CMC, great player. Right. The just, injury, there's some injury concerns it's, there. It's nerve-wracking. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. With, with Cook, I mean, he's he's been incredible, you know, every year that he's played, but he hasn't played over 14 games in his career, and – I don't know how, like you know, how's, how's the 17 games ACL once, affect right? right. Like he tore his ACL in college, maybe, or did he do his rookie year? I think he, One of I think he did in college. So, yeah, that's why he fell to a second round pick. Um, but yeah, so there's still, you know, there's some injury concern there. I think if I have the second pick, I think I still would take Derrick Henry. Um, even in PPR, I don't mean that's not the best decision, but he gets so much better as the season progresses. 
And when you're in those playoff weekends, there it's where Derrick Henry really shines. And now with Julio out there, I mean, Derrick Henry's going to be going against like seven man boxes or six man boxes, and she's just going to be smoking people. So I'm real excited to see Derrick Henry against against a lighter box this year than what he's seen the past couple of years. That's yeah, true, valid point. Um, and the division he's in too is. Um, we I don't trust Houston's defense. Play. I don't trust Jacksonville's defense. Colts could be okay. Is good, but, but they've right. They've lost a lot. They've lost um, you know, guys like Anthony Walker. They've got lost guys like Justin Houston, and they replaced him with good players. But they replaced him with like Quiddy Pay, who was he's yeah, he was taken in the first round, but he's still a rookie. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they replaced Anthony Walker, Anthony Walker with Bobby Okereke, who was a second round pick, third round pick two years ago. So like, you know, how much faith do we have in that guy? So that's my granted. If Dalvin Cook's still sitting there at four, I'm taking him. You know what I mean? So I guess I don't know. Oh, for sure. Much. I don't dislike him that much, but that's just me personally. So for me, sleeper this year is my hardest, I think, because I put well, so still, much you stuff. Got, you got a lot, but you got a lot of them, but there are different levels of sleepness. That last year's rookie class, and it goes back to my dynasty too, but I just love that rookie class. J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb has the talent. Um, yep. They're the two that I think might stick out the most to me. Top five or top ten in their positions. Because I would not be shocked if C.D. Lamb's a top ten, top five receiver. Um, but my main sleeper, I'm telling people to go at is J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think Baltimore what do you has a sleeper. A guy that would be like I think J.K. Dobbins like is going to be at their position. I, put it this way: I think going into next season, J.K. Dobbins will be a top five, top eight pick okay. minimum. Oh, so yeah, he's going in the fourth, fifth round, and about <laughs> average ten man. Um, you look at what he did last year; he only carried the ball 134 times and made 800 yards with nine touchdowns. Not, not bad. Six car- yards a carry. Now I know his yards per carry is going to drop. Right? That's right. normal. Um, my thing is when you look at what Baltimore has done in the sense of adding Rashawn Bateman, you still have Hollywood Brown, you have Mark Andrews. Lamar is always going to be effective with his legs, at least for the near future. They have been craving that back that has the ability to not only run the ball, but catch the ball. And J.K. Dobbins, I think, is a very underrated receiver. Um, I think what they're going to do is Gus Edwards is going to take pressure off him to the extent that it's going to benefit him where he's going to be fresh. He's not going to right. split carries. I don't think. I think it's just going to be a keep J.K. fresh. Lamar could pull it and dump it to him. He could throw it. Like, I just – I am huge on J.K. Dobbins's upside here. I think right. looking at him getting drafted as low as he is in the sense of getting a stud one running back, mm-hmm. I just – I love him. Um, right. I struggled a lot with who I wanted to put as my guy who might be a little overrated or overdrafted right. or whatever we're calling it. Um, looking through, like, one that – and I, I like the player. Austin Eckler scares me. Um, I've see seen that. him go in early like round two. And oh, yeah. he has the upside to catch a lot of balls to, you know – but he's – been injured he's never to me shown he's a clear-cut workhorse um 
You got Herbert coming off a great year, so he's probably going to digress in the sense of statistics a little bit. Um, he's probably gonna, he could throw more yards, but he's going to probably throw more picks. He didn't throw many. Um, people know what he's about. So Eckler coming in as healthy now, it's like, one, how healthy can he stay? And can he live up to that top two round pick? Like, So I like Eckler as a player. I just He's going too high for my blood. So I guess that's he's where I would He's a guy that's in, in 10, 12-man leagues. Definitely, I would try to get the number two there. Who's that? Just like I think, like Justin Jackson or something like that. I'm not sure if he's still the guy there if they drafted somebody, but he's a That's guy. The he, like he is the clear cut starter. I feel like you can count on Eckler to have some sort of like a calf injury or something. He's going to miss something. in three weeks at some point or two weeks at some point. I hope, obviously, hope he doesn't. I hope everybody plays all 17 games, but you know what I'm saying. Well, and again, I'm looking at draft position because you look at Eckler. And guys like Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Gibson, Dobbins, Mixon, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. Like, these names to me, I think should be going probably higher. Most of them should be going higher than Eckler. Um, but, again, I think it's Eckler's upside is if he does play all 17, which we're looking at now. Oh, yeah. You're looking at top five numbers. Yeah. I just don't see him doing it. Uh, Antonio Gibson's another guy that I'm not super high on. Um, maybe because I feel like I just, him and James Robinson, I feel like I just don't know enough about them to feel comfortable in as high as they're going to go. I I'm going to be honest with you. I actually didn't watch a ton of Washington games, didn't watch a ton of Jacksonville games. So that's kind of why I have a little bit more hesitancy with those guys. Also, weren't they both like undrafted rookies? So how, no. how much of that is no. James Robinson was James Robinson. Gibson was a stud at Memphis. I watched him. I bet on him a lot. Um, he just didn't have the length of a career because he was behind Henderson. Like the way Memphis worked, he didn't have the time to be shown as a high-produced starter. He was actually where, did, where my, was he drafted? He was my number one sleeper last year coming into the league for fantasy. Um, I was just obsessed with the potential that he would take over the job. Like you looked at their system, he was a third-round pick. Um, oh. So Gibson kind of flew under the radar because a lot of people don't watch Memphis football unless you're a degenerate right. gambler, me. Um, so watching him play, I get where your hesitancy is. I just – I'm a huge – a huge Gibson guy in, on the field. Could he develop into a Joe Mixon where he's productive, he's efficient-ish, you know, but he never – like fantasy is not consistent potentially. Right. Um. The one thing he has going for him, though, is he has a decent offensive line. He has McLaurin, Curtis Samuels to take some that box depth off. But he also has Ron Revere. You know, if it's, you know, if it's Patrick's going to sling it to kind of stretch the field. Well, and you just know Ron Revere is the guy who's – we're going to play good defense and we're going to pound it down your throat. Yep. So that one – and James Robinson, it sucks too because – what, five days ago? I would have said, yeah, but now with ETN gone, I guess he, t- he took a boost. But Right. But that's what's fun um, about sleepers, because I'm going to bring this up for my boy Matt, and he knows where I'm going with this. Matt had a sleeper, what was it, Matt, four years ago? Three years ago? Three uh, or four? Two, year, two years ago. If it's the same person, maybe thing, two people. Two years ago, I think I was really high on uh, Adam Humphreys in Tennessee. That's who I'm thinking. Matt would talk about Adam Humphreys. It was Mariota's – I know, it was the first year of Tannehill. 
I don't know. I watched a couple preseason games, and Adam Harper threw back to back like it was two catches two. for eighty five yards. And I was just so, like, okay, so this is what we're doing. It was AJ Brown's rookie year because I thought it was like I don't even know who else you're gonna throw the ball to out there. In Matt's defense, had like six catches all year. Humphreys was coming off a year in Tampa where he had 76, yep. 816, and five as like a yep. third, fourth slot receiver. You know, he signed a decent contract in Tennessee. And I remember all summer long, my boy Matt, constantly. Was he was, I've never seen him so hype on a fantasy player like this. And I was so sure. Was that a swinger and a miss? I don't know. Well, Matt, I, I just laughed because. And then the first two preseason games, he had like he had a big game, like fifteen. Yeah. He had like fifteen catches through two preseason games. I know you can't really rely on preseason, but like he was out there with the ones. He was dominating with the ones. I was like, I'm going to be right. I was right the whole time. Well, and then I think he caught like fourteen passes all season. One guy that since I brought up one of your misses, I have to bring up one of mine. Um, it's only fair because we've all had him. Is Kembrel Tompkins? Tompkins, you remember him for oh, New yeah. England? He came out in the preseason, just let his dong hang, had a couple good early games, and I was so high on him. I was like, Brady found a new receiver. Then he floated around. I think he was on the Jets at one point doing nothing, just eighth receiver or something like But that's why sleepers are fun. And I guarantee you Eckler probably will be a top three fantasy running back. <laughs> be awesome. I can't wait to look back at this at the end of the year and see what we were all horribly wrong about. Um, well, yeah, so I had J.K. Dobbins and my boom and Eckler as a potential bust. Brian, you were Corey Davis and Najee, right? Yep. Which I, I do was, think they were good. And Matt, you were – Ertz and Cook. And again, it's draft position, it's fantasy, it's not Value, anything yeah. to do with – like That's not saying Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's, Cook's overrated. Dalvin Cook's, right. Dalvin Cook's sitting there at four. I'm going to take him every time. And but Brian's I mean, not, not saying Najee Harris shouldn't team. have been a first-round pick. And <laughs> Just want to clarify that for when we look back yep. and I act like you guys said think, those things. So I would say for for sleepers, um, you know, it's someone who outperforms where they're, their average right. draft position. And then for sure. people that were not as high on – People who don't do as well as their average draft position when you look when you look back on the year, and I think I think the guys that we mentioned, I think when we do look back, we'll see that you know they likely did or or didn't, and I think it'll be easy to to see kind of how we did at the end of the year and even mid year. Um, but I mean, I think I think all all of them, you know, it's kind of. You, you look at, and I like I like the Eckler um, one specifically, where it's like a guy that after Gordon went, he was getting drafted really high last year, and he's getting drafted high again this year, and it's just I don't know if he's gonna perform well. Like it's just kind of I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, you know yeah. how it's gonna work, right? If you draft him, he's gonna play like seven games all year, and it's gonna waste a pick. But if you don't take him. He's going to play all 17 and be like 1,200, 800 and with like 10 touchdowns. And that's just how that's going to go. Yeah. And he has the talent. I just, I don't see him being a workhorse or every down backish enough to be justifying a top two round fantasy pick. 
when you have so many other running backs that I think are there that like a Josh Jacobs, who I think is going in round three or four in a lot of drafts, who has done that nothing but of, produce. Uh, that's because Kenyon Drake's there now, right? Yeah, and I and I, I get it, but it's like the dude has done nothing but produce in his career, and it's it's just hard for me to see. But all right, before we get out of here, any uh, any final thoughts? Any other fantasy news information you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? I do have one thing. I hit my first preseason parlay the other week. Um, oh, we are back. 10 to win 100. I had New England minus one against Washington football team. I'm going back like a week or two. Okay. Ravens okay. money line on Saints. My boy Harbaugh strikes again with his member. I told you, they, coaches, what, man. What have they won? They've won. They've, the, the Ravens have won 15 consecutive preseason games. It's absurd. He's He coaches preseason like it's a Super Bowl. Um, Bears against Miami and Chiefs against Niners. I hit a ten dollar bet to win a hundred and two. So that gave me a nice jumping board. We're starting the season one and one for the season, and then yeah, all right, sounds good. Brian, anything before we get out of here? No, um, get your uh, get your affairs in order and uh, on those. On those sports betting accounts. Get ready for regular season. We are coming in hot with the bets. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I feel like we covered it all. I feel like we gave you a lot of information. Um, feel free to tweet at us why we're right, why we're wrong, who your sleepers are. Um, and we'll tell you immediately why you're right or why you're wrong. It'll be fun. Um, so with that said, Appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll talk to y'all next week.